Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Cameron Black, who is the founder and CEO of Swiftly in London. Uh, and now he's expanded to North America, specifically Phoenix, Arizona, with a new name, Swiftly Global, uh, which is basically a 24-7 on-demand concierge service. So Cameron, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you um, for having me as well. You're, you're very welcome. I'm excited to uh, dive into this and always appreciative when, you know, People from a lot different time zones make the time to to do this. Um, so I know it's like evening your time as as we're uh, recording this. So number one, thank you for that. And number two, I'd love for you to just give us a breakdown of you know who you are and how you got to doing what you're doing. Well, um, as you know, I I'm, I'm a CEO and founder of Swiftly Group. Um, we're now based out in uh, North America. Uh, Swiftly was founded out of the frustration of myself realizing that there are a lot of um, technology platforms out here that do a lot of wonderful things. But the ultimate uh, challenge for everybody is actually having one tool doing everything for you. And I could never find that. And so I gave birth to the uh, concierge platform swiftly um, out of that frustration. And now we're uh, operating in, in North America, as you know. Right on. Well, uh, kudos to you for going down that road. Um, again, I don't know what you know about my history, but I owned a brick and mortar weight loss center for 10 years. And we actually built our nutrition software, like our nutrition packaging in house. So <laughs> I know the fun that goes into uh, doing projects like that. So kudos to you for diving into that. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about like what the platform is and and, and what it does. Um, but by all means, floor is yours for that. Yeah, sure. So twenty four hour on demand. Um, it's literally um everything and anything that you can possibly want to order uh, within an application. Um, we can deliver to your door more or less. So the 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 idea is, or or the persona people that we reach out to would be yourself. Uh, based in your location coming into London. Um, you're now in a strange city. Uh, you've got a seven hour layover. Um, you want to um, maybe go and see a show. Uh, you may want to do a bit of shopping. At the same time, you have your luggage and you don't want to go halfway across town and back whilst you do that. What we do is we come in, we pick up your luggage for you. Um, we get you to uh, your show we get you to do a bit of shopping in fact you can we can also stow your uh your 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 shopping for you we meet you back at the airport with all your goods and thank you very much for your time goodbye alternatively you could be staying in town you've arrived it's 11 30 at night all the good restaurants are closed you're in an airbnb 
there's no food or water in the fridge. Who do you call? There are a lot of great platforms out there. Yes, you can get that. But what about the toothbrush? Or what about your favorite book? Or what about just getting the things that you really do want? What we say or what we're saying is we're really restricted uh, in this day and age with what's on offer. Unless it's in the inventory of the service provider, you cannot have it. What we do is we ask you, tell us what you want, tell us when you want it, and tell us when you're going to be in town, and we'll bring it to you. So we go outside of the box. So you're not just having to shop through a list. We're customizing that for you. And same experience in some of the smaller boutique hotels is what we're offering. Um, so we become your personal concierge, your errand running person in your pocket. You might have some items that might need to go back to the UPS store when we bring your goods for you. That's okay. We'll do that as well. Don't worry about it. And it's all included in the service that we offer. That is uh, super cool and sounds very convenient uh, for whoever needs it, especially at those times when you're in a bind and you're in a strange place. So, I mean, I, I love the general premise of it. So what I'd love to love to then just dive into is... You know, you clearly have this great idea. Clearly, there's a lot of logistical and executional, uh, you know, things you had to overcome in order to 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 make it happen. This is not your first foray into business. So, from the perspective of you as a leader in the business, like, what are the top problems that you are facing right now? Um, I I would describe them more as challenges um, than problems. Um, and there's a multitude. I mean, they they come every day in different uh, different shapes and, uh, and present them to you. Uh, marketing is one. So for me, the biggest challenge first and foremost was, and I think you talk about this, is getting inside or getting outside of my head. You know, what's that kind of story in my head? What's going on in the conversation that I'm having up here? Then translating that onto paper, then translating that back to you so you understand the, the narrative so you as a member of my team can go on to help me build this product. So the first challenge and still is a consistent challenge because um, I'm I'm from, you know, across the pond, as you guys may call it. Um, I'm launching a brand new company uh, in, a, in a strange place that I've been to the US a multitude of times, but I've never done business the way that we're doing it. Um, the biggest challenge was putting together a team. Um, understanding the logistics of, of doing that and doing it in the right way. And also when you're building this team as well, you've got to, you've got the East Coast, you've got the West Coast, you've got people in the middle belt, bringing all of these people into, into one place remotely and having a meeting with your team. You know, I've got 21 people working with me now um, in Swiftly. We meet Wednesdays and Fridays at the same time. The hardest thing was to get the CMO and the CTO all in the same room, plus myself, without conflict. Um, that was one of the biggest challenges, first and foremost. Now we're all in this room, we all need to tell the same story. So marketing's talking to tech, tech's talking to marketing. I'm talking to both of them about my idea. I mean, I'm just the idea here. The, the, the engine and the wheels is the team. Um, how am I able to translate my message to them, but also when they have questions, how am I able to support them 
during the times when they might have, I might have downtime, but this, that's the uptime as we face right now. And I said to you just before we jumped on the call, my day is only starting and I've got another six or seven hours of work to do, which is really exciting now. But in the beginning, it was really hard. Got it. So that absolutely makes sense given the international uh, organization that that you are looking to build. So you started it off saying, okay, well, I need to kind of translate and unpack what's going on uh, in my head. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like what, from your perspective right now, is going on in there that you feel like you would want to witness, unpack, and uh, upgrade or whatever the case might be? Yeah, I mean, it... it, it... It fills up every day. It's like, is the glass empty or is it half full? You know, you you unpack part of it and then the next day you've got more information, uh, more ideas. Um, so at this particular moment in time, we we built our business, we built our product, we built a great team, uh, we're launching our product. But now what's keeping me awake at night is how do we serve that first customer? That's the golden customer. That's the person that's going to tell it all or not. How do we ensure that we are, you know, up to par, five star and beyond and meet their expectations? Um, how do we then go from that one customer to two to four and multiply? And then how do we grow our business from then on in terms of st staying where we are? So I'm not talking about scaling to other cities, but I'm just staying where we are, but just doing it right and um tighten up do it tighten up the nuts and bolts uh as they call it that's what's going through my head right now um is what happens if it all fails what do we do when it all goes wrong i may not be in north america can i be reliant upon those that are there to have do it to, to do the job do i trust them enough to do the job um so i'm questioning or second guessing myself uh but in reality um, and I said this to you offline, is the first and first most important thing that you can do um, is build a team that you can really work with. Uh, and I think we've done that. So just really sort of being able to, um, to, you know, get rid of these monsters in my mind of the what ifs um, would really sort of help us or myself as a leader uh, of a company to the next level. Got it. Okay. So a lot of what I'm hearing is like, th there's going to be the, the tactical strategic business solutions, right? And, and nobody's going to know those better than somebody who's built this already in one area and now needs to, to, to transfer it over. Right. So like fundamentally those solutions exist and mm. likely exist somewhere internally, right? In right. combination with some of the execution. And that's a whole separate topic. Mm. The one that I would invite you to lean back into is the one that you have 100% control over, which is yourself, right? At the end of the day, you don't control your team. You don't control the outcome. You don't control the circumstances that the, the fundamentally you do control uh, yourself in a lot more percentage than you do the other aspects. So when you're talking about these, like the, the monsters of, of what if, 
Okay. Mm. Tell me a little bit more uh, about those. Like, what are they? How do they affect you? What's kind of going on when you're going through those? It's 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 a good question. I mean, how I've dealt with them in the past and consistent consistently deal with them is, um, it could be um, a little bit of uncertainty in relation to marketing or uh, a little bit of uncertainty to uh, our front end. I just grab I just grab that person who's responsible for for that particular role or uh, department and have a detailed conversation with them and really ensure that they put not me at ease, but the company, because I represent the business at the end of the day. I can always turn the lights off and just be myself. But the monsters, as we we, we want to call them, are that of the business that I'm in control of. So um, is marketing functioning well? If it is, and we you know can dot the I's and cross the T's, we eliminate that problem for now. Um, but there are others that will all consistently present themselves until we are there, you know, until we ultimately believe that, you know, we no longer need to face that problem. But every level we get up to, there's always another kind of monster that you need to deal with. And that's with growth and progress. So, you know, these monsters, as we call them, are not necessarily bad. They're actually quite good because it means that you're actually addressing the issues and you're you're pushing yourself up and consistency um, leads to growth. And so uh, it's a good thing for, for us to have these things at times. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I would fundamentally agree that there's an element where you have to be in the discomfort because that is an indicator that you are moving where you want to go. So in that instance, because you're aware of that, what what's the actual problem? That's a that's a good that's a good that's a good question. If you knew the answer to that, I suppose you wouldn't have a problem, right? So there are all of these things that come at you. Okay, are we going to be able to service our customers on time? We think we will do, but you never know that until the eventuality of that day. Now, what the problem is? Are we good enough? We never know that until we get feedback. Now the problem is, are we going to be able to scale? We never know until we try. So there's always something that's is is ever evolving. And, and I said this to you is that um, unless you're doing something that makes you very very uncomfortable, then you probably are not doing anything at all. Um, and so if you, as a business owner or an entrepreneur or even as an individual, you're not consistently challenging yourself whether that's in the gym health wise um then there's a question of are you really doing what you're supposed to do to get to where you want to be and i guess for me because i'm coming to you and having this conversation um i got loads of stuff going through my mind loads of stuff going running through the business i'm sure my team are also asking loads of questions but if we have these questions it means we're moving in the right direction correct and again i, I fundamentally agree with you and i love the overall attitude which is like to do big things i lean into discomfort because i understand that's where the the growth is mm -hmm. so for you then as the the leader okay of this whole ship one of the the, the things that i'm picking up from the outside looking in mm -hmm. there's 
a, a lot of like kind of th there's like the sacred what if of like well what if everything works out and then there's the catastrophizing what if of well what if it doesn't and if you were to rewind back what we talked about where your brain defaults to is more of the catastrophizing exactly. what if okay yeah so the consequence of that that, that that i'm hearing is this sense of well if the problems the external problems went away then i would actually feel more at peace and i would feel better so before i go on what lands if anything from that no you're absolutely right you're 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 you're, you're going in the right direction and i suppose um as 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 people what we tend to do is we sometimes become comfortable with being uncomfortable and so you know the mind itself has this sort of way of just accepting that this is going to happen and you're geared up for it so which is why sometimes people just gear themselves up to lose because they're not going to try this yeah it's not going to happen so i'm not going to bother anymore and that's how businesses fail but if you can actually flip it on the other side and say well it could happen it could happen and i'm prepared for it to happen but wouldn't it be exciting if we tried to prevent that from happening what have we got to do to prevent that from not happening who do we have to talk to who do we have to meet who do we learn from and then you start a whole another conversation narrative is right we're actually building something we don't know anything about we're actually talking um to an industry that we don't know anything about but guess what there are these experts around let's learn a little bit from them coach us into being better and let's tell them about the demons or the monsters or the issues and let's move away from the cat catastrophic uh, problem and move better into the green of we are now going to be successful or can be successful if we follow this route and direction. And I think for me, that's the route that we went down uh, and have gone down as a business because when we launched our business, um, it was literally right before the pandemic um, and invested with my own funds, I quite quickly saw with any startup, it's a cash burning business. Um, and I quite quickly saw a lot of things just go up as in smoke, as they call it. And I had a tweet, a team of 12 people back then, just freelancers, uh, nothing major as to what we're doing now. But what I really learned was I buried my head in the sand. And what I really learned was, hey, it's fine. Doesn't matter. Just pick yourself up and do it again. Take everything that you learned, not mistakes, take everything that you learned and do it again. And what we've done is we ended up with a legacy product. We know the model. We know the market. We know how to go from zero to um, X amount of re in revenue already. Now, let's do it in a marketplace where we can have volume. So we pick North America. Um, and let's do the whole scary thing again. And so we build a brand new team. We we scrapped the product that we built and we we started from scratch, you know, but new database, back end, front end, new team, new business mentors, new conversations. Um, and here we are, we're talking to you. So we've got to that stage of where we were burying our head in the sand and it was catastrophic to write. Hmm. 
as I mentioned, perhaps you could do this. Oh, well, now we can do that as well. And we're consistently trying to feed the negative or the, um, the negative with a, with a positive and we're growing. But you're always going to get to that point of where do you stop? You know, that elevator effect. Where does the train stop? Uh, where does the train stop for you to have another conversation with yourself? Um, and you don't want that to happen because if it does, you're moving back into the minus which is why we then meet people like you and find out mentally where we're at, you know, um, strategically where we're at. Uh, and then we do this diagnosis and then, you know, hopefully we can get some good feedback and implement it into what we're doing and grow again. So again, be beautifully said, beautifully articulated. I, I think it all makes a lot of sense. So really it goes back to kind of that, that original question of like, okay, well, what's the problem? And, put a different way it's what is it that you really want for yourself okay what is it um if it's more personal um i think what i want for myself is to see this thing not take off but to make a difference so we want to see the the why the problem that we started off with which was the frustration make a difference to the users that we put or the community that we put the product in, in, into. So that's what I want out of it all. I want to see you uh, in six to 12 months time saying, Hey Cameron, this is a really good product. I've used it three or four times. My friends and family, I absolutely love it. That for me means I can kind of tick one of those monsters off my list. Got it. So what one to two things have to go right for that to happen? One to two things that have to go right for that make that happen is a very good question. Um, I think launching the product and getting some good feedback from our customers, not even just good feedback, constructive feedback, I think it's the right word, um, would be um, a positive for us to improve the product but just to get it out there, I think, um, and make the first transactional sale is the biggest. Got it. So what did you then do for your first ever client to, to actually do that? And like, how can you replicate that in North America? It's, it's a different, it's a different market now. I mean, the landscape's changed. Um, uh, when I came up with this idea back in, um, 2017 2018 when we were working um i went to uh individuals like yourself and said we'll do your grocery shopping for you back then there's probably two companies here in the uk that were doing that it was unheard of who's going to go to my go and do my groceries for me no i can do it myself pandemic hit and every platform and 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 its auntie or uncle is doing grocery shopping but we were doing this months and, and it, years before and we were doing it, we had our own niche, we had our own clientele, um, but I was able to go out and canvas in the city that I know and have conversations directly with my customers who then, you know, through referral helped me grow the business. Out in North America, it's a different challenge because um, we have to do this now through uh, social. So the conversation is very open um, and that presents a lot of dangers because, um, They've got to learn and trust us first. 
um, and if they trust us and we don't get it right, um, they'll tell everybody about it. So we can't replicate what we did here, there, but what we can do is we can take the lessons that we learned here and build a better business out there. Got it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. It's like the way that you're speaking about the problems, like they are very real strategic problems that are going to eventually have very real strategic tactical solutions. Okay. That that's not really uh, my forte. So I, I can't really help you there, but in terms of how you are showing up to actually like solve them, how you are showing up as the leader to actually mm -hmm. make this happen. So how you are holding the space yeah. and the polarity of the up and down of what you're going through, like in all honesty, like you have a very good attitude for it. So like, I commend you for that. Um, and in all honesty, it's like, there's not much that I can offer that I don't feel like you're already doing. So and I want to acknowledge you for that and be um <laughs> it's kind of a unique situation and that that that's all I got for you, you know. Really? Wow. A hundred percent, yes. Unless there's something that you feel like I haven't asked that no, I mean, I mean, it's the it's a listen, I get up every morning and um as a person, I mean I we level up here is um there's a lot of fear. But you've got to, I said this, you just, I, I suppose I'm, I take a positive approach to it all, right? Um, in that everything can go wrong. I've invested all my time. I've got a whole, I've got a great team out there, but strategically um, we're going to have issues. As a person, what can I do better to help my team grow? What can I do better to support the product? Uh and the community what can i learn from the people outside in order to continue to deliver excellence um and that's why we have conversations with you and we tell you a little bit about you know what we're trying to do and yeah our answers are, are great and positive but at the same time we're still missing something because if we weren't missing something we wouldn't be we wouldn't be in the room with you okay got it so i, I appreciate the like honesty to allow yourself to go there. So what I would then reflect back is because you mentioned a bunch of times this sense of, okay, well, I need to know what the other person wants. I need to know what the end user wants so that I can go and deliver that to them. And one of my metrics for success, as in like, oh. what are the things that like one to two things that need to go right for me to feel like I've created the impact that I want is like I want somebody delighted with my product in order to actually like feel that th th this has been worthwhile and this is what I'm delivering. So if that's the values that you have, if that's where it is that you want to go, what percentage of your time is actually spent actively seeking out those conversations? That's a very good uh, answer. At the moment, there's not a lot um, in terms of quantification. I suppose most of the time right now, um, but will should change, which is why we're having this conversation, has been has been spent more on the devs, dev, um, the development side, but the using the user cases and the user stories to help make the product better and using the lessons that we made um, here in Europe um, 
to, 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 to support that. So interface, design, usability. Um, so we talk about accessibility. So, um, you know, diversity and inclusion, you know, there's people out there that may not be able to read as well as I or you, or may touch sensitivity. So a lot of that conversations has, has happened, but then the, the next part of it is really um, the psychological part of, hmm, customers. What is, you know, what makes them tick? Or in another word, what's going to give them that warm and fuzzy feeling? Um, and the only way we're going to find that out is to launch the product. And that's the most scariest part of it all. You know, when your heart starts to beat faster, is damn, should I give it to these people or not? Because if they get it, they it could be the end of me. I could never launch another business again because I put something very, very, very bad out or it could be, well, that's a great product. We And so with every single day, I'm questioning myself as to, are we actually doing the right thing? Is, you know, is the chosen location the right location? Are the customer demographics correct? Um, so I suppose for me, I need to maybe work, I'm not going to answer my own question, maybe work more personally on my development and confidence of what we're doing. I'm super confident that the product's great. But then again, I'm like, mm, maybe it's not. I'm having that, and which is why we're having this conversation today. Beautiful. Okay, so that actually does uh, create more depth in, in what it is that you're asking. So here's what I reflect back. So number one, right? There's an element of here are my stated intentions and values. Mm -hmm. And then here are my acted intentions and values. Okay. Meaning if I'm saying what's really important to me is getting that like fingertip feel of my customers. And one of the things you mentioned when I asked you, okay, well, how did you get started initially? It was by fingertip feel. Like I, I went out and I asked people, what is it that you want? Can I get your groceries for you? And whether that was one-to-one -one or like, one to a few or like however it is that you did that that seems to be what led to the success and then there's this narrative of north america so far away this is a new thing we have to get everything right there's a lot of emphasis on creating the certainty before you can see the certainty so you can feel certain and there's not a lot of that same exploratory attitude that you might've had at the beginning. Cause I'm like, okay, yeah, you are going to be able to physically walk to, you know, this, whoever your avatar is, let's just say it's this entrepreneur's business and like knock on their door and be like, Hey, you know, what can we do for you concierge wise? But can you not do that digitally? Can you not knock on, on digital doors? Can you not recruit those people so that you can get that fingertip? So because I, also have a sense that like that's where you excel at you you excel at reading between the lines of what people say and determining okay well you're saying this but what you actually mean is like this and this is what you need and i can provide that for you right so like that is one aspect of it and then the other aspect where you reflected back about the confidence confidence is one of these very misunderstood terms there's actually two aspects of confidence that people mean like one is the confidence you get from competence which is genuine confidence meaning i've done this thing x amount of times 
and I can show evidence that I can actually do it. That's the kind of confidence that we all aspire to, but it comes from the courage to execute enough reps and iterate and fail, which mm-hmm. like you were saying before, you can't get until you actually launch and, and do the thing. And then there's the confidence prior to that, which which is actually oftentimes misconstrued as courage. Like mm. I need the courage to act without the evidence that this is certain, even though my brain's going to want it. And I think you're doing a lot of that, but because you're so concerned to get it right, you're removing yourself from like the, the, the front line in the dirt aspect that got you your initial success. So that's what I'm hearing from the outside looking in. So you let me know what, what lands for you and what does not I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, I like the way you just broke down the confidence. So the, the, there, there are two parts to it. And I, maybe if I can kind of look at it for myself, there is a, a competency there. The competency is that, you know, I know how to do this because I've done it before, but the part of the uncertainty is, well, I know how to do it here because I can almost kind of control it. As you mentioned, you can touch it, feel it, Doing it digitally is like, well, are we actually reading the right signals? Hmm. And then the courage to actually read the the, the digital footprints or um or questions is, hmm, is it actually right? So I suppose right now we've got this mixture of things going on, and all we need to do is kind of like put them all together and have some type of structure, mindset wise to be able to get to that next level for me as a leader um, is maybe I'm talking to my team or talking to my p- potential clients with a lot of courage in one, asp- in, one in, in one one industry. But then the other side, I'm talking to the other industries with a lot of competence because I understand what they're doing. And so where, how do we marry the two and actually have a very kind of synchronized message and persona maybe or offering that can take me into the next part of what we see swiftly should be so what i would invite you to do is instead of asking how do we marry those two aspects Mm -hmm. turn it around and state Mm -hmm. it as how can i marry those two okay and the reason I know it's kind of like a, I'm answering your question with a question. That's fine. The reason that that I'm doing it that way mm. is this proclivity or this default or this impulse to mm-hmm. look for the certainty ahead of time mm-hmm. is, I think, a big part of your block. And it's understandable because, like, there's a lot of sunk costs into this. There's there's a lot of like, you know saving face aspects of it there's like i understand why your brain wants to go towards like certainty and perfection and all of that you know like welcome to being human and it's now exaggerated by the magnitude of what you're doing like i I, i'm not discounting the why that's happening at all Hmm. what i'm more presenting to you from the outside looking in is somebody who doesn't have the emotions tied into what it is that you're doing Hmm. it's like you already know the uncertainties involved. You know the strategic aspects that need to be solved. You know the iterative nature of how you're going to have to solve this. Mm-hmm. Surrendering to the fact that there's going to be iteration, surrendering to the fact that you're going to have to hold the polarity of many mistakes 
before you hit the home run or maybe just the bases. And I know maybe it's a bad metaphor because you're in the UK. Um, but it's, it's the iterative process that you're going to have to go through, right? To just hold the space that, yeah, you know what? That is going to be part of it. It's like, if I'm going to do a workout and it's going to be a hard workout, I can resist the fact that I'm going to be uncomfortable or I can just accept the fact that like, this is going to hurt, but I know why I'm going to do it. So I'm going to just do it and allow myself mentally to just be at peace with, yeah, like this is what I signed up for. It's literally happening exactly as I'm anticipating from the uncertainty perspective, because that's the only guarantee I actually have. And given that I don't control the outcome directly, all I can control are my actions and how I show up to my team. Going back to the question, what one to two things I have to go right? So if I have to be in the trenches, getting the fingertip feel that I know is my zone of genius, then if I'm allocating only 10% of my time to that, and I should be allocating whatever, 30, then that's going to remove some of the certainty that I could put into this equation, right? And then two, that's also going to clear up a lot of mental real estate because now it's not, did I fail as a leader in the vision? It's, okay, I'm in there. I'm working with the thing that's most important to make this thing work. That is the self-trust that's ultimately going to create the certainty of, of, of this working, right? So- Again, I know I threw a lot your way. So what, what's landing for you? Um, well, I, I suppose what's landed for me in this conversation is um, is how I'm seeing it is we're doing a lot of things right. But the things that we're questioning, we just need to sort of go back and look at it and quantify. For example, spending more time with our potential customers um, and managing those problems a little bit better maybe um, and really asking why do we have these problems or why do I have these problems or questions and really hone in better um, and um, you know sort of bust these ghosts as they say um, effectively um, and really just sort of again look at myself from the outside in as well rather than having a very kind of like narrow view of this is how it is and that's how it's got to be but really kind of step out of my personality and just ask myself the questions in third person and, and see how I would talk to myself and the answers that I would want to hear. And I suppose that would get us ultimately to the finish line. Correct. Put a different way. It's, you know, like what we spoke about at the beginning that like the monsters of like the what ifs. Mm -hmm. If you think about all of the, like the monsters that this primal part of ourselves experiences, as mm -hmm. soon as you shine light on them, then they they disappear, right? Oh, it's right. like the, the the children being afraid of the dark, and then you like you turn on the light, like, like there was nothing there, right? This is kind of the the same thing. It's like your separation and trying to like go go away and and then have these problems go away when the circumstances dictate that they're going to go away, blows up how big they actually are. Mm. right when the reality is you can like you have enough self-trust in yourself to be able to navigate the inevitable detours you're going to have to make on absolutely 
Absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't be here uh, if we didn't have that self-trust. Uh, and like I say, sometimes you have so much self-trust. It's like getting to the top of the roller coaster or to the top of the um, top of the building and just looking down and saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so high up. Um, I need to get back down. But you're already, you know, like 95 percent of the way there. Keep going. And then you freeze. And that part there is what I guess we got to consistently or I've got to consistently work on in order to get through to the finish line. Correct. Right. So that, that really goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. Okay. Well, what's the real problem? It's like tactically you're aware of the real problems. It's like, if, if you did have an actual problem, it's really, you have the, uh, the balcony of the observer problem, meaning, and I've said this many times on, on the podcast and my coaching before, like, it's yeah. really hard to see the building when you're standing on the balcony. Yes. Right. Like I don't have, a business problem that I doubt myself to be able to overcome. What I have is I'm too into the problem to actually be able to step outside or have a third person. So like, you know, a coach or somebody like myself to be able to just take a step back and be like, Hey, look at the building and where you're at on the building. You know what I mean? Like that just reframe, reposition, recenter, do the thing that you know how you need to do. That's really the gap for you, right? Like for you, it's about going from good to great and getting out of your own way to just do that by the iterative tweaks, not let's just say the general overhauls that, that I oftentimes work with on mm -hmm. my clients, which is why I was early on saying like, hey, you have a good attitude about this, like this, 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 you're, you're doing well. So for you, this is more about how do I just interject those tweaks to go from good to great? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really, I've really, I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I think that there is a, a lot more um, for us to to be able to work on um, from the business side. Perhaps maybe you know uh, we can get you in having conversations um, with us as a whole team. It'll be interesting to see what your findings would be as a collective what do we have uh as a problem together as a business uh and for myself um i really believe that if i if we could consistently maybe work on the the fact that okay going from good to great what am i uh what what's kind of getting in my way and me getting out of my own head uh, and just continuing to push myself to the top of the mountain. Because once we're at the top of the mountain, it's easy back down. You can slide yourself back down. I mean, if you wanted to, but you want to stay on the top of the mountain as long as, as you want to. And just maintaining that would be awesome. Um, and um, not just a self-achievement for myself as, a, as, a, as, as ego, but for the collective that I represent as well. Um, as a whole. 100%. And I just want to add to that. It's like that right there, I think encapsulates why I was early on telling you like, okay, like you're actually doing a lot of things. Well, it's like the same reason that, you know, like a high class athlete, like a Michael Jordan has coaches. Mm -hmm. Like he's so good. What do you need like more coaching for? It's not to like be able to do the thing it's to have that 1% improvement. 
Exactly. Because for somebody like yourself, that 1%, you can multiply and compound into a lot of different things, right? So like, it's just like when they talk about a plane going off course, a 1% uh, like being off course, if if unaddressed over time yields like a totally different destination, right? This is the same thing. It's a 1% adjustment in the positive direction so that you can then execute and take that to something that's great right and i think that last bit summarize it like you're looking for the edge that's why you're willing to do things like this because as i told you before we started like, it's not really for everybody a lot of people shy away from it um so i just wanted to commend you for that because many times people come to me not to help them go to great that's usually what happens in like few iterations of our coaching but it's usually i've somehow blown myself up and now i need to like rebuild and or fix a major leak in in the whole system of their leadership, you're actually flipping that around. And it's not common. I just want to acknowledge you for it. So kudos to you for that. And uh, I think that's that's a great uh, place to to close off at. So any other lasting comments, uh, by all means, uh, feel free to add to that. Yeah, no, listen, I've actually enjoyed this conversation. I must say, prior to doing this, I watched a couple of your shows Um, Because I really wanted to get into your mind and understand who my opponent was. Um, The man with the samurai sword behind, I'm like, man, he's got that. Okay. But you're awesome. I tell you that for for true. Um, I've really enjoyed this itself. I'm looking forward to taking this conversation offline uh, and seeing what we can kind of do together uh, in order to to move me and the business into that 1% where we're just not just good, not just great, but we're the best that we can be at what we do. Uh, And uh, I I thank you very much for your time and look forward to working with you uh, in the future. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And and I appreciate that. So why don't you just close us off and let everybody know who's the best person to find you? Where can they find you? Floor is yours for that. Well, it's swiftlyteam.com. Um, you can find us um, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, download the web app. It's uh, compatible with all devices. Uh, if you want to have a conversation with me, there's a, a little calendar link there as well. I can tell you a little bit more about our business, where we're going, and also how we may be able to help your businesses in supporting you uh, with um, errand or concierge services uh, as you move forward as well. Beautiful. Love it. So we'll include all of that in the show notes um, as always. And Cameron, thank you very much for coming on and allowing yourself to be witnessed in this way. It's been awesome. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And uh, as always, for everybody else listening, we'll uh, see you on the next one.